think the thing is with me, I had absolutely no shame with asking and I still don't. Yeah. I don't ask for things, but I ask if anyone would like a piece in return for anything that they would do for me. That's what I had to offer. That was, I, could, I didn't have money yeah. and I could paint. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of Influence Me with me, Shaney Ryan. With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow, but social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel, so I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. I stumbled across this lady's Instagram page a few years ago when I was obsessing about how I wanted to start and decorate Tony and I's first home. Anyone who knows me personally will know I am obsessed with turtles. I even had a turtle birthday cake made for my 30th birthday. Well, actually, Tony did. So when I spotted this stunning multicolored turtle painting, it instantly caught my eye. Along with this gorgeous blonde in a beautiful dress, who was also oddly covered in paint across her arms and legs. Instantly, I was a fan of her art, but curious about the woman behind it. Over the past few years, I have watched her turn a one-woman band selling paintings on Instagram to a sold-out artist who hosts pop-up shows in New York, LA, Australia, London, Bali and Manchester with an ever-growing team of staff. I've watched her push boundaries with her techniques, evolve in her style and take huge risks that have so far always paid off. She encourages everyone to attend her show so that they can enjoy her art even if they don't have the means to purchase it and she's also come up with a very clever way to help more people to be able to own a piece of her art themselves. Her work rate is off the charts. Her energy comes across to her 71,000 followers in abundance and she for me personally is a total poster girl for stepping away from the rat race and following your passions. Please welcome to my sofa, Sophie T. Right, so I want to take it way back with you, Sophie, because obviously I have followed your journey, but even I don't know really kind of your background, and I think it'll be really nice to start there, Um, because you had a little bit of an interesting background, because your mum was adopted, Mm -hmm. and your family is all Jamaican. Yeah, they are. Talk to me about that. I find that so interesting, because I was raised by my white side of my family, Mm -hmm. so all my mum's side, and I didn't really meet any of the black side of my family until I was 10 the first time, but really became a part of my black family, um, my Jamaican family, when I was probably more like 13, 14. So for me, it's like the reverse, whereas you've been raised with the Jamaican culture and the Jamaican family, even though you are 100% white, are you? Yes, exactly. So my mum's mum had her at 14. Right. So I think that was a bit of a turbulent start for her and she was kind of in and out of um, care and also was looked after by her grandma. And then she went to school in Birmingham and met her best friend, who's now my auntie Sue. Right. And basically she just used to stay at her house all the time and um, it kind of just, yeah, manifested itself into a family. And yeah, I've known no different. My entire family is just Jamaican and what an amazing 
like culture and um, so my nana Min um, Ermin came from Jamaica I think in the 70s right um, and had three kids and then obviously my mom came along when she was about 10 yeah uh, yeah She's... so this is your your mum's best friend's mum yes exactly That's so incredible she must be such an incredible woman oh amazing like amazing like little Jamaican woman speaks at a million miles per hour no one can understand her um, <laughs> laughs at everything um, just is the light of everyone's life and our family yeah culturally it's a very strong culture Jamaicans like for me stepping into my Jamaican family coming from a purely white upbringing yeah. but then looking in the mirror and it's like yeah I'm definitely not fully white <laughs> and there's definitely a whole side of my family that I've just don't know anything about even things like food like I grew up on very white really food. yeah well, so like you know salt fish you have that no. Oh my God. I don't, I'm, I'm allergic to fish, so that's why. Okay. But I didn't even probably taste my first kind of jerk chicken or food with any flavour. Sorry, mum, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, <laughs> mum. But food with any flavour, like, outside of yeah. salt and pepper. <laughs> like, until I was yeah. Yeah, early teens. Curry go, yeah. um, jerk chicken, yeah. You probably, like, have had a more eclectic palate. <laughs> than I have growing up I'm like still kind of getting down with my black self right so you started your career journey yeah in business school I did um and you graduated you had a grad scheme job lined up you had a flat lined up that you were going to move into two weeks you know time and then you tottered off to India for a little bit of a self-discovery journey a little bit of a trip it was meant to be a little bit of a break before you started work and your entire life changed because you decided to first foot firstly it's very re- resourceful for you to approach a hostel and say Thank you. can i stay here for free if i, I, I can yeah like, how long were you in india uh six weeks so you're there six weeks and yeah. then towards the end of the trip you run out of cash yeah exactly. and you tottered up to this hostel and said can i stay here for free yeah i'll paint your wall mm-hmm. where did this idea come from I knew, I knew, I was always, I always loved painting, but, you know, it never manifested itself into a career, into anything that I thought I could ever make money off. So, I don't know, I guess it was just kind of like my final chance, I was in India to find myself, you know, like you do after uni. Yeah. And then, um, painted it, it was honestly one of those moments that I will never forget because I just knew, it's one of those things, I just knew that Something that was just switched. Was gonna, yeah, I just had to pursue a creative path. Um, I actually did, so you know at uni you can, you can do a sandwich course and in your third year you do a placement. Right. So I did my placement at GSK, which is a pharmaceutical company, but I worked within the consumer healthcare division, so that was basically marketing for Aquafresh Kids, a toothpaste. And I had a brain right. and I got, you know, it's one of the, it was actually the best marketing um, placement scheme you could get at the time and I was buzzing for it. Was I good at it? No. I was so bad. I couldn't. Really? I couldn't even. I couldn't remember what anyone had said to me. Like I was just <laughs> not interested in any, any of the training. I remember there was like loads of other interns, and like I would just be like, "Come to the stock cupboard," and I'd like put on this like random Formula One outfit, like in the day, like and people were like, "Sophie, you really work," and I was like, "No, but it's fine." Like just yellow, 
And then, yeah. The four, wait. I know, I don't even know. Random Formula One outfit. Cool. No, GSK also have the, at the time, also had the brand Lucasade, who represented the Formula One. So I was like dressing up in all the outfits. And, oh my God. And then I remember we had this like bonus scheme. And the, you know, at the end of the year, there was like this big thing called town hall meeting. And we all had a glass of champagne. And we all opened like our our envelopes to see how much bonus you got. And all the other interns, like £500, £400, which is like a lot of money, like when you're like, and it's still now and I opened mine it was £33 <laughs> and it was a reflection of how well you've done that year oh my god! and I was just like I knew I was going to be successful <laughs> but it just wasn't happening so just wasn't that so it wasn't so back to India yeah you're in India mm-hmm. you have managed to blag a free stay at a hostel in exchange for painting the wall what did you paint? I painted a rainbow cow um, cows are sacred in India and no other reason, to be honest. Um, the hostel manager, that's what he wanted. Wanted a cow. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to make it a rainbow cow. Yeah, of course. You've got to put the colour in there, haven't you? <laughs> and, um, and when you stood back and looked at the cow, what, what, what... I couldn't believe I did it. Like, I could not believe... Because I've obviously seen your, your work... Um, is it you did the extinction? Yeah, yeah. Um, collection. Yeah. So to speak, I don't know if that's what you call it. Yeah, it was. But um, yeah, I've seen what you do when it comes to animals and color and stuff, and it's incredible. So you must have like stood back and gone, "Oh my goodness!" Like. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't even think I could draw. Like, at, I mean, at college and stuff, you use a projector, so I was freehanding it. So I, I was quite surprised, but. And it was on a large scale, I assume. Yeah, as it was well. huge. It was kind of a meter. Which makes, for me, meters. it feel like it would be harder for you to to do it on such a big scale. Yeah, I guess. But I just had no fear. Like, I was not losing anything. Like, it wasn't for sale or anything. I was, it was kind of... It's just I was doing it in return for a free stay, which was £2 a night anyway. So at the end of the day, I could have been like, Dad, can you just transfer us two quid? What, wait, <laughs> hold on. You did I this was that skin. Yeah. Two pounds and I. How hard did you work for that two pounds stay? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. I didn't even know you could stay somewhere for two pounds. Really? Yeah. Stays two pounds in Bali. What? Oh my god, yeah. You've not okay, lived unless no. you've shared a room with forty one people. Oh my god, Sophie, we have to have this conversation afterwards because <laughs> I really want to go to Bali and two pounds a night sounds. No, awesome. don't do that. You can't I mean that would be awful. <laughs> would it? Yeah. <laughs> I did it like two years ago. I tried to do the same thing. Like I've always tried to kind of whenever I've travelled. Um, just, yeah, I did the same thing. I actually stayed in New York for a month for free for painting a big mural of Malala. Really? Yeah, it's still there. They actually, weirdly, so I went, sorry, this is off topic, but I went to New York, did this huge painting, and it was in the downstairs room, met my boyfriend in New York, and then basically a year and a half later, he was back in New York flying. So I said, you know, like, go to this hostel. It's got one of my pieces of work, and it's on the ground floor. He goes in, like, hi, like, I'm Sophie's boyfriend. Like, you might remember, like, she did a painting. Is it still there? Thinking, you know, I wasn't big at that point. I don't even know they knew that I did it for career. But, yeah. Um, and he went in. He was like, Sophie, it's on the first floor, by the way. If you keep telling people it's on the ground floor. And I was like, nah, I definitely did it on the ground floor. They'd cut it out of the wall. What? They'd cut, literally, they'd cut the plasterboard out, taken it up to the, the main foyer area and framed it. <gasps> How good's that? Oh my goodness. Know, so that got me have you been to see day. it? No, not yet. I have been to New York since, but I had a show there and I was, it was too busy. 
So you were into art at school, but it kind of had just yeah. li li lied dormant, so to speak, in um, in you until you went there and did this. Yeah. So what what changed? You did this piece of art, and then tell me what happened next. Well, I then posted the picture of me painting that work on Facebook, mm. and this is why social media has honestly been like so important the entire time. Um, I've only ever marketed myself and sold through social media. I posted it and my friends and family basically were just like so flat I had no idea you could paint like this is great it got mm. like I think it got like 100 likes at the time on Facebook and I was like oh that's sick big numbers there um, and then I just got requests from friends and family really saying oh if you could paint that can you paint my dog in rainbow or can you paint a lion in like blue colours to match my wall and I just thought oh god like this I've got some demand here yeah um, and I think I realised quite early on that there was a lot of demand for original art that sat outside the gallery right um so that's how I became semi well known for painting animals and it was just kind of an easy an easy start and I, I said on the phone like I would definitely if you're thinking about becoming an artist and you know you want to express yourself and you want to build up an audience that comes and that's something I'm still trying to do mm. is um kind of create what I actually want but a great place to start is with animals because it's very commercial and lucrative you're onto a winner there if you go down the animal route. Yeah. It's a bit of a risk though. Yeah, I mean, I did that dreaded thing that you say that you'd never do after university and go back in and move with your parents. How did that go? It were was, your parents upset that you were like not going into the grad scheme? At and first, yeah, they were. Were they, they were always, freaking out? They were supportive, so, so supportive. I mean, they let me move home. Like, there's not many that would actually allow that. Um, I think they just thought that potentially I was chucking something great away because I'd really worked hard. I got my first in, at school, like, and I, I just, you, you know, like everyone, but just really, really did work very hard for the grades. But I knew that after my GSK experience, I just was not going to thrive in an yeah. office environment. But I would say that my route to becoming an artist full-time wasn't, wasn't as smooth as that. I actually... Um, instead of being an artist, because in, for some reason in my head, that was not good enough. I decided to set up an app that would help artists get commissions because I obviously realized that you can do that outside mm. of a gallery just from the demand that I'd seen. So rather than actually being an artist, which is the passion that drew you away from that, you then, so you're saying you felt a little bit like in your mind you had a picture of what an artist looks like and what their lifestyle's like and it didn't really feel good enough so therefore you yeah. created the app. I mean let's be brutal here like I don't want to be poor like yeah artists typically the, the, the word starving artist is a thing for a reason because it's so difficult to get off your feet like you're essentially selling something that no one needs yeah and it's a luxury item it's a, yeah of course and like you are um setting the price what's to say that it's worth that much Mm. Um, so it's really difficult and also materials are so 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 expensive um, it will cost me up to £100 just to produce one piece just because with my abstract work the amount of paint that I use it's quite a snobby elitist industry so if you wanted to do it traditionally then you would go and be represented by a gallery this of course would take kind of four years I'd say for you to be kind of build up your portfolio so it's strong enough to even approach a gallery mm. Um, and I just didn't, I just didn't think that I had it in me. Like I knew that I could, I knew that I loved painting, but yeah. 
Um, you didn't necessarily believe in yourself at the time that that could actually yeah. generate a full income. Exactly. So, so with the app, mm-hmm. did that get off the ground? Did you do anything with it or was it kind of yeah. a phase that passed? Anyone that set up a business before, it's different for me being an artist, but will know that you would probably need some investment. Mm. And um, I actually had a big chunk of investment offered to me, but they wanted... Um, majority equity stake in it because I was obviously just out of uni, just had an idea, just an enthusiastic young girl. Um, and then I declined that offer because I realised that the reason that I decided not to do a grad scheme or do a job is because I never wanted to be, never wanted to have someone dictate what I do and essentially that would what, be what it would be. So you applied for this, this investment, how did you even go about that? The second lot of investment, which a lot of entrepreneurs do, especially straight out of university, is apply for something called an incubator scheme. Right. What is that? What they do is they give you some money. So they give you, in this case, £17,000 in return for 7% equity. Okay. And with that, you get free office space, mentorship throughout the process, help with, you know, financial management, help, just... It's kind of like a grad scheme for an entrepreneur. It's an okay. easy way to get started. So is that the route that you ended up taking? It you is. turned down the angel investor yeah. who offered you lots of money but for a huge percentage and went with the smaller investment for a smaller percentage exactly. to be able to get it off the ground. See, I think the there's a lot of learning there. Like obviously with the Influence Me podcast, like we want to make sure that the listeners are learning something or being inspired by something or relating to something. And I think that's really inspirational that you've taken a skill that you have and you're offering it left, right and centre in exchange for what you need to push on in your career. And, you know, that's probably the thing that's really helped launch you more than anything, right? Yeah, I I mean, I just think that that's what I had to offer. That was, I I didn't have money. And... um, I could paint. So what else was I going to do? It was. I, I think the thing is with me, I had absolutely no shame with asking, and I still don't. Yeah. I don't ask for things, but I ask if anyone would like a piece in return for anything that they would do for me. Right. And um, it's number one, saved me a lot of money, got me a lot of contacts, got my work in a lot of like high profile places which they otherwise wouldn't have been. Um, or for me, offering something, and it all, it all something that you enjoy yeah. doing anyway. Yeah, and you know, actually, it's crazy because uh, what I did was, so going back to that scheme, I got to the final stages, and I remember I was in, in front of this like panel of investors, and they were like ripping apart my idea. It was basically like, you know, swipe left if you like the artist, swipe right if you don't like them, and if you do like them, you're kind of connected, and you can get their details, and you can buy off them. So they were ripping apart, like, what, blah, blah why is it good and all the financials you know I went to business school so I like had a proper presentation of why it was going to be a success and then one guy was just like hang on a minute hang on a minute like what are your motivations like do you want to do this if you're saying that it's so lucrative for an artist to make money to exist off the traditional format which is the gallery why don't you just become an artist yourself and honestly that piece of advice not even piece of advice I just got called out yeah and I was like wow like I should be actually painting and not trying to be perceived as being successful because that actually doesn't matter because your happiness matters and as long as you're doing something that you love you can find you know a successful path within that 
and then I went to New York and painted that one of Malala, that big painting, and it was in New York that I got the email from the scheme saying, Sophie, we have decided not to give you the investment. Try and be an artist for an entire year. And if you fail, come back next year and we will give you the investment. Wow. And then like, I never had to go back because I was fully sustaining myself from social media, from painting. How did you take like the rejection of I hate being rejected of oh them God, actually saying no? Because I feel like you wouldn't no, you wouldn't appreciate that, even rejected. though you didn't need it. I know, but also like no, that is what I want. And then I was like, actually, and then I was in New York again. I was painting, and I got that same India feeling about it's the creative that makes you happy, Sophie. I just have a chip on my shoulder. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah, there's still that thing inside of me, even though I'm preaching the opposite way that makes me feel like what I'm doing still isn't good enough, like being an artist still isn't good enough. And that's why I'm always like, like pushing that it's business. I just like drop it, like just give, just shut up Sophie. I've always had a chip on my shoulder about money. Like and I have like all these, I have all these articles and they're all like around money. And- Articles about you? Yeah, um, I, I had a bit of press, um, it's kind of like millionaire artists breaking the norms and if I'm honest with you like we are turning over just under a million but like when those articles came out like it wasn't true because of the nature of the industry that I'm in um being an artist you have to pretend that people want your work otherwise where's the desire for them to buy it now so you have a piece of artwork up for sale if it if there's not a sense of urgency around it why is someone going to decide, decide to, that it's a valuable proposition? Right. So with that, I think the nature of my marketing is to big everything up and to pretend that things are going better than they are all the time because it's essential to push the, a buyer to purchase it. Yeah. It's really... How do you feel about that? Because your face tells me you're not entirely comfortable with it, but it's part and parcel of the industry. Yeah, I think that I don't, I don't feel entirely comfortable with it. Um, I think that if I had representation by a gallery, which again is the normal way an artist would do it, they take control completely of the sales side of things, and mm. I would, tip, I would just paint. So what I've tried to create now is like I, I've, I employ a team now, and I try and make it so all I do is paint so I don't actually have to think too much about the the things that make it sell right which is quite contradictory because actually I do enjoy that side of it because the strategy that's kind of like my business background like I do enjoy thinking of new ideas creative yeah. ways to bring it to market but I do also it's quite draining because I have to constantly be thinking about sales because my overheads are through the roof mm. but also I'm an artist at the end of the day and I'm a, like a crazy head case and, and I just want to be creative and I want to be creative throw paint at a canvas exactly and sometimes I'm just so so not in the mood to paint and then I'm just thinking but, but I need to because I've got like five mouths to feed but I would say that an added pressure of having a business and having you being the artist is that 
you have to you can't just produce that in a factory like i have to literally be in the zone and be in that good place and produced produce a piece of work that's not only so expensive but so personal to someone yeah and there's a lot of pressure because all i've ever wanted to do is like make people happy through my art and if i'm ever like not in a good place like right now we're just discussing like right now is actually one of those periods in my life that I'm super jet lagged I've just come back from Australia like my partner's over there coming back to London and being full on 100% again the transition to coming back is really hard but I have this like immense pressure and like immense weight on me because I have to produce at such a high rate yeah. and I have to be so productive but that's because you've done such a good job and the demand is high I mean I mean you yeah. saw my little face when you walked in with that abstract for me that's why you do it like yeah. that reaction that reaction yeah. that you get from the people that love your work I know and it's an addictive it's it's very addictive did you enjoy it oh my god did you I enjoy did you enjoy it. that moment I live for it like how nice that I could just come in like I've never met you before I could just be like Here's a gift. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now and, and my now mind was blown. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my mind was blown. I was so bloody excited, and yeah, I live, I live did a little that. dance with it and everything. So, what makes you so unique as an artist for me is the way that you use Instagram to market your business. Like you said, you could, and I'm sure you've had offers collaborate with a gallery they would do all of that for you they would show your work they would host your parties they would you know uh, display your work in a way in which you were happy they would manage the payment they would manage the delivery you do every element of that yourself your gallery is instagram and your gallery is your team that you hire and are responsible for which is what makes you for me so unique as an artist but also as a businesswoman as an entrepreneur um and that's why in your intro said your work rate is off the chain it's like epic um and it very much reminds me of one of my favorite artists um who used the streets as a canvas banksy which i'm sure you can see from the prints that I've got up here. Unfortunately, they are not real. If they were, I would be very wealthy. <laughs> but I've got a Sophie T art now, though, so That's the future is bright. That's going to keep increasing. Um, so how did you know that when you joined social media, that would be your gallery, that would be your platform to promote your work, or did it just kind of happen? Talk me through the journey of Sophie T art becoming an Instagram gallery. I think it's just the person I am. Uh, I'm like not a snob at all and not saying that that's probably a bad way to start it I have had experiences in the gallery and I felt just uncomfortable I've like gone in and even now I'll go in as an artist there's no prices on any of the work I feel in like intimidated to even ask mm. the person like about the artist you know how much is it like obviously like and, and if they were to respond like ten thousand pounds like just that whole process, that awkwardness. Mm. I just really wanted to take that away because I think that I initially came out of uni and was actually interested in buying art because I loved it so much. Mm. And I, you know, in that summer I had actually like inquired and I just found the whole process. And I, again, like galleries are changing and they're shifting with social media. Like I think that I'm definitely part of this kind of movement towards a more independent artist. And I definitely think that the galleries are, you know, they know what I'm doing and mm. they're, they've adjusted to that and it is getting more personal, which is great. Mm. But I think that I just wanted to be in complete control of that whole process because I just know it's awkward. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I went to the Eden Fine Art Gallery um, 
probably about a month or so ago. I go there probably every six months. I really like, is it David Krakow? Basically, he creates these um, shadow boxes that have got little figurines in and he hand makes They're them They're amazing, aren't They're they? incredible They're and they've amazing. all got funny little quotes on them. And there's one in particular that. that I love that says smiling on the inside. Yeah. Um, and it's that droopy character. Um, and I went in there and I, I probably looked at it a few times now. And you're right, I'd never wanted to ask the price. I did actually ask last time. Did you? Yeah. How much was it? Two and a half grand. Okay, that's not... Not too bad. Yeah, that's not... It was a small one, but it's not too bad. Okay. And I, I wish I'd asked sooner, because when I you when, know, when I found in, out, yeah. when I first went that's in... That's what was, I mean, like, if you was, ever see an artist... It was, like, you know, so much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can you give it to me for the price that it was ages ago, please? <laughs> they were like, no, it doesn't work like that, madam. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, but you're right, it does feel like quite a intimidating space. But although they are lovely in that gallery, yeah, I must and say. Eden Fine Art, I actually really like their head office. She's in Tel Aviv, and I spend a lot of time there because my partner flies from there a lot. Yeah, and I have actually had some conversations with them about being represented, but it just hasn't come through. And I just believe that I would like to include everyone in art because I think that it has so much to offer, and you don't necessarily have to afford it. You can just come along to an event and feel included you can view it on instagram and um it lifts your mood you can see it in someone else's house and it bring you some joy yeah and i think that for now in my career definitely in like 10 years time you know maybe i've changed as a woman and i don't want to um be everything to everyone because i have all this energy now but maybe things would have happened in my life where i've decided to plan my business and go down a different route maybe I want to be more exclusive I don't Mm. know but right now but that is also my decision yeah and I think that 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 power will lie with me because I employ a team internally and I do everything myself absolutely and to be honest at the moment like I believe my prices represent where I am at in my career and I keep pushing them up and I'm very very open about the fact that they're always going up and it's an incentive to buy but I think the fact that I have control of managing that price increase is yeah. also like I'm I'm fair and that's based Definitely. on my demand and I honestly cannot cannot produce any more work if I tried like mm. I'm at absolute capacity yeah so if I was to give a gallery 20 pieces a month and they were to all sell I could sell them myself but they would take 50% commission like right. it's just not worth it just like even business wise it's not worth it for doesn't me now doesn't make sense definitely like I'd never say never and if there was a more progressive gallery that would be willing to make adjustments based on my client base because my customers are the most important thing to me like yeah I think it's obvious on Instagram if anyone follows me like it's all about making people happy absolutely and I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit because what I find absolutely incredible is that you have allowed people to purchase your art on an interest-free payment plan <laughs> where they can make one month payment and have their art hanging in their house yeah. that month and then continue to pay you on a monthly basis, which I just think is not only genius as a <laughs> businesswoman, it's also, like you said, really reinforcing that inclusiveness in your messaging that everyone can own a piece of art, yeah. everyone can fall in love with a piece of art, own a piece of Sophie T art and yeah you're just making it really affordable why did you do that like where did that come from did that feel like a risk to you as a in a as in in a business sense um there's a big risk in the sense that people can just cancel their plan and that has happened to less than one percent of people but i think that's testament to the brand that i've built 
just because the art industry, I'm going on about the art industry, but it's just so old fashioned and it's like right. such an archaic kind of like process to go and buy a piece of art um, to modernize that and to be one of the first to kind of come in and just with no art background and just a business background and just give myself a clean slate and operate naively to just come in and be like, this is Yeah, I'm going to sell it on Instagram yeah, and I'm going to do a 12 month payment plan like, and actually, without interest, like, yeah, let me do that. But and why not? Like, but all the galleries are trying to get you. So they're obviously looking at you going, this girl's genius. <laughs> why haven't we thought about that? I mean, I mean, maybe not. I've bloody slated them so pretty much, haven't I? But I mean, hopefully one of them will come, like a massive one will come back. <laughs> they will, I'm sure. Time. Mark my word. Hey guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsors. I wanted to tell you about my favorite new app. It's called Kindred. In a nutshell, Kindred allows you to share the things that you love whilst also donating to the charity of your choice. Yes, it's literally as simple as that. You post your favorite new coat, trainers, lipstick, or any other product that you choose from the Kindred app. Then you make a genuine recommendation to your followers and a percentage of every sale goes to your favorite charity. And if that wasn't good enough, a percentage of the sale also goes directly to you too. But if you're feeling super flush, you can always choose to give all of your commission away. You can download the app at www.kindred.co. That's www.kindred.co. Kindred, share what you love. And the other thing that you've done that's really interesting, and I think this as well is something people can learn from in business, is you really listen to demand. Um, so you did, when you switched from doing your kind of animal paintings, you went into abstracts. Yeah. You decided to do 100 days <laughs> of art. So for those who don't follow Sophie, follow her firstly. <laughs> Secondly, this bananas girl decides to paint a piece of art every day, seven days a week for a hundred days, has to upload it by 8 p.m. <laughs> for it to go on sale and it's first come first serve. Okay, so the idea came from, I'm not even gonna claim it was mine, it was another artist friend that didn't do it as well. And I just thought, wow, if I was to kind of structure it better, have a definite time that it happens on, and um, she was just doing little sketches and they weren't for sale and I just, the business side of me, I guess, was like, how can I commercialize this? I just renamed it. So it's called the 100 Day Abstract Challenge. And yeah, as you said, like I used to paint animals, but I wanted to transition onto abstracts because I didn't want to be known as, I didn't want to become famous for the girl that painted animals. And also like, I find it so, so important. And I'm obviously just changing onto painting nudes now from abstracts. I find it so important to constantly develop and, and kind of learn new things within within the art world. So what I did every single day, post it on the dot at 8 p.m. And if you wanted a chance to buy it, all you had to do was be the first one to comment on the picture. Initially for the first like four or five days, it was all friends. And then I started to recognize, realize that there were people that I didn't, usernames that I didn't know commenting on the piece. So- And you, you set the price, every piece was, was it 250 pounds? Yeah, so it was, at the time, it was an A4 piece of paper and it came in a frame, um, just an Ikea frame. It's just like a year and a half ago. I've never even dreamed of doing that now. Um, mm. But, um, you know, that was what the where price you were at was. Where at the time. Where I, and I'm proud of that. And so they were 250 pounds. And yeah, day six was when it, kicked off really and they sold every single day for a hundred days and then on the hundredth day 
I had over 50 people comment in the first three seconds to buy it. Mm. Mental, like absolutely mental. I am a firm believer of people will queue up in a queue if they think, if it's a queue. Yeah. So like seeing that other people are interested is a push to do it. And my mum messaged me like, so if you're missing a trick here, it's the hundredth day. There's 50 people that commented in the first few seconds, like maybe you should just like launch a link and say, if anyone wants a piece, then um, just pay me in advance and I'll do it for you on a commission basis. So mm. you just select your colors. So I was like, yeah, boom, great idea. Yes to everything. Put the link online. We had over 350 orders in the 24 hours that I opened the link. Were you planning to leave the link open longer? I was, but I... You had to shut I, it off. Yeah, I just realised, I just thought, you know, you're going to get annoyed customers here, that's going to take you months. And it did, it took me until Christmas and I was doing nothing but those abstract works. But yeah, it was the first time that I was like, wow, there's some serious money here to be made. And also that money can be used to employ a bigger team, which I just, I've never been afraid of spending money. It's probably like my downfall, I was saying before, like... My overheads are huge, but I keep it that way. So I'm like motivated to just keep keep the level of work coming in and keep building my brand. Because, you know, just like a singer-songwriter, you can go out of fashion instantly. I don't plan to, obviously. Yeah. but And I, I do believe that being an artist, there's a certain longevity to your career, which is very beneficial versus, you know, mm. a pop singer, for example, where maybe looks fade and you're not as cool anymore. Whereas now, whereas being an artist, I think that's the great thing about it. You can be painting until you're 90. Yeah. But with that, I recognize that, you know, it could be hot right now, but it could go downhill. So I really, really have been, you know, so is that how you led on to nudes? Because you were like, time to change it up again. Yeah, exactly. What so, inspired the nudes? Because um, that launched literally like when you were in Bali recently, right? Yeah. You did a massive pair of boobs on the side of a villa. And... Yeah, that was crazy. Like <laughs> That was so cool. I was like, this girl is in her bikini in Bali. There is a scaffolding structure going up that in a swimming pool. so dodgy. How many feet was that? I have no idea, like... I don't know, 10 metres? It was ridiculous. This rickety scaffolding. Yeah. In a pool. It was so funny. And then you're painting boobs on the side of a building. I, got, I, I love those boobs. They were you? good boobs. Yeah, and the colours were really nice as well. I really liked that. Did you? Yeah. Did you do I'd... that for free so you could stay there for free? I wish I could say yes. No. <sighs> that accommodation was... Oh, sorry, it's one of Woo, Bali! <laughs> no, I'm joking. I wish they could again. I mean, I wanted to do that because I wanted to launch the nudes. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to do some stuff. They yeah, didn't I mean, They know. didn't mind you painting on the side of there. So I didn't really know Villa. how I got away with it. I was just like, can I do it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, sick. Not going to tell you. Because before that... They, Did you oh, tell them it was boobs? No, uh, because I'd But you just... You asked for... <laughs> you you asked you apologise. You asked for permission. Honestly, like, they didn't know. But... Have they said I anything? Just, I just left. And I was like... <laughs> yeah. They didn't say anything, but... No, but did they... No, they haven't... They've never mentioned the fact you painted giant boobs on the side of their property. Jamie, just like, you just... you just got to walk away, haven't you? you just got to <laughs> do it for the ground walk you away. You are a legend, honestly. That's brilliant. Just, I'd let you paint bo- boobs in my house. Would you? Yeah, where do you want to do them? Here for when all your podcasts are done. Mate, just big <laughs> pair of boobs in there. Sophie like, TR, like when all your celebrities I would literally let you do it. And then I would cut the piece of wall out, <laughs> remove it, and when I move house, I'd get it reframed. Yeah, you're Brilliant. a hustler, babe. I, uh, I would. I, <laughs> I know what it's going to be. Into I know what it's going to be worth in the future. I'm not stupid. <laughs> so, oh. boobs, nudes. 
how did we get into this? When did this transition happen? Um, so I've been painting abstracts for a, a year mm -hmm. and going pretty well and classic me because I'm just like, itchy feet, just thought I just need a change. I Basically, this sounds like very dickish. It just was coming a bit easy. I didn't want, I always want to be like, challenging my artistic process and mm -hmm. the, the sales were coming in and I guess it's, I think it's an immaturity thing mean wanting more all the time how old um, are you now 26 all of this at 26 do you ever stop and go my business is about to turn over a million and I'm 26 years old and I I hire eight members of staff I do no I don't that's making me cringe now no I never do that I'm always like next no that's a common thing that I hear on this sofa yeah. And Dawn, my lovely producer from Birdline Media, will appreciate this as well. We hear that a lot on this sofa, don't we? We hear people saying that, yeah, it's just, and I'm, I'm bad for it as well. What's yeah. next? Yeah. You have to stop and appreciate the moment, like, and what you've achieved. I know, says everyone in my entire life. Yeah, it's like, catch me spending two seconds on myself, which doesn't happen. I never cook, like... I don't take the time to ever go for a massage or ever. I mean, I did laser, I like, which was like a thing for me. I was like, you know, but then it takes so bloody long. And then I did the sessions and I've still got loads left and I just haven't gone in like a year and a half. Like, just like stopping, it just makes me anxious. I don't know, it is an immaturity thing and it's something I'm yet to get to the bottom of, but. You've also got bags of energy though. Even though right now, like... You're jet-lagged. I'm so jet-lagged. <laughs> actually, like, deep down I am. But, like, when I'm, like, talking about art or, like, whether it's, like, being with a great person or, like, whether it's, like, pushing my career forward, like, it just comes out. Yeah. Do you think that's a big key to your success? Do you think there's something other people could take away from your journey is that you've never said no, like, you're always... Uh, yes. Even if you're exhausted, you're still saying yes to new things. Y yes, I'd say for the early stages, 100%. I just don't think that... Um, it's possible for you to have a balanced life as an entrepreneur in the early days if you're not going to get the most out of it. However, I'm just slowing a bit. Like, I can't, like, I used to honestly, like, no lie, I used to be in the studio seven days a week, like, 16-hour days, like, no issue at all. Just, just painting. painting through the night. And in the past kind of six months, I can't, I've noticed, like, I'm slowing a bit. Like, I'm not old, like, I know I'm not old, but you're just tired. I'm uh, yeah, I'm a bit tired and I do recognize that I need to take more of that downtime because as I said like my career as an artist is long and I'm blessed with that career. Do you think social media is what keeps you sped up? Oh my because God. you're worried like you said going back to feeling like you might become a bit irrelevant so you just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing in the fear that you might be forgotten for a second. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the forgotten bit. I just think I hate wasted opportunities. Ooh. It's not forgot. It's not being forgotten because I actually do believe as an artist as well. You can like reinvent yourself, and I'm I have a creative brain, and I know mm. that I'm good at branding and good at marketing, and I I know that I'd put myself in a position where hopefully I wouldn't be, even though it is somewhat of a risk. Like that's not the main issue here. So everything comes through to the DMs, and I love the fact that people can literally get hold of me in two seconds. Like my friends won't get a reply on WhatsApp for like ten days, but if someone messages, if my friends now know to just DM me because I'm on it, because mm. it might be a customer. So I think there's there's that like me me thinking that it's potentially a missed sale or a missed person that I could make happy, to be honest, yeah. or like bring some joy to with my art. And does that in turn make you happy or do you feel like your happiness has gone on the back burner? 
Um, I do definitely think that makes me happy. Yeah, I don't think it's everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I would still be doing it if I wasn't getting some like, not affirmation, just some, a buzz from it. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. Like even putting on a show, I'm exhausted by the end of it. But seeing everyone, you just put on that event. I'm really good that I couldn't be there. Like, oh my God. Like You I was, missed out on a good launch I party. Know. <laughs> I, on Instagram, I was being like, oh my God, this girl has absolutely smashed it. There are so many people there. But you know, like... Thank you so much. It's honestly like, you get it. Like this... It's why you're doing it, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of like you get to see... I guess we're kind of similar because... I started the podcast because I wanted to bring on incredible people that I could get to know better, um, selfishly surround myself with people that inspire me, um, but also surround the listener, the person that's listening to us now um, with people that can inspire them as well, or they can relate to, or they can learn something from, or, you know, just, just have that moment. I think it only takes a moment when you meet someone for them to kind of give you that little buzz of encouragement or I could do that yeah that little moment where you have a little bit of more self-belief than what you had before you heard that thing that they said and I just wanted to kind of share that and that's yeah. like you with your art you want to kind of Mary Kondo spark some joy <laughs> <laughs> in, in some people um and then that in turn makes you happy as well yeah hundred percent. We've gone off from nudes. I Sorry. want to come back Sorry. to nudes. Yeah. That's fine. I want to come back to nudes because over a thousand women sent you pictures of their naked bodies to inspire you with your nudes collection that is incredible how was that experience why did you want to do nudes will you paint me naked one day okay (laughs) absolutely i will paint you naked one day i mean i walked in and i was like god she is like that in real life damn it (laughs) thank you so much Um, but yeah um okay why did i want to do nudes i haven't had the best relationship with my body um I don't want to scroll on my Instagram feed and feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're obviously in the media, it's like quite a bad environment because um, there's these perfect people. But I do feel like there is a movement right now for you to actually physically unfollow the people that don't make you feel good. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that conversation. Uh, because I just think it's so important because I know for myself, when I feel good about myself, I can produce the best work and I become a better person. Mm. So that was kind of um, the reason initially that I decided to move on to the nudes. That that point has now been blown out of into the stratosphere because I just have been so inspired by the stories by the images okay so basically what I did I initially started sketching nudes and I was just going online like I always did for the animals just you know lion painting right that's the one I'm going to copy naked women painting right that's the one I'm going to copy and I just thought you know what I have an audience here of beautiful men and women but for this for the initial stages focused on women I have an audience full of amazing people that I need, that I could call upon and these people could be part of my story and I could actually like use them as a catalyst to actually make more people feel happy. I mean, I always say this this happiness thing, it, that's the core of everything I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so what I did was 
one night in Bali, I said, anyone, very informally, anyone that wants to be a part of my project, please just send me a naked picture of yourself and I will paint you. And I was not expecting, I woke up the next morning and I had over a thousand images of naked bodies on my phone. When I received these photos, I honestly had no idea that all shapes and sizes, when I mean all, like people that are so insecure about how skinny they are, to people and sending in a message with it, being like, I hope this can empower more women. There were all races, there were um, people with um, colostomy bags, um, amputees, um, there were mastectomies, self harming scars, stretch marks, pregnant women honestly and there's stories to go with them and I'm going to do a whole piece and share all all the stories yeah um so people didn't just send nudes they they sent nudes with stories why it was important for them to share it someone said thank you so much for the experience or the non-sexual experience of celebrating my body with my boyfriend he sent he took the pictures of me in the shower here they are and it was like a beautiful experience for me another woman said um you know my body's been through an amazing amount like I've been pregnant um I've had miscarriages um another lady um uh, my mother just passed away um she had breast cancer um I've had my um boobs removed here are the scars I'd love for you to wow. share this story and thing oh I can see you getting teary oh, just honestly, talking about like, it it was just it's just crazy like I just can't believe like it was me that they sent it to. Yeah, it's definitely showing the level of trust. And, and like I think the key thing that you just said there was that somebody thanked you that it was a non-sexualized experience. Yeah. It was it was just art and it was just nature. Yeah, and I think that the important like stage that I'm in in my art career now is that, so my abstracts, they sell. But they didn't actually mean that much to me. I wasn't like saying something. They were just very aesthetically pleasing, colourful pieces of art. Mm. Likewise with the animals. Mm. And I think that was always where I was as a woman, as a young woman. Mm. Um, I was kind of just like, I just want to create pretty stuff because it makes me happy and it brings me joy. And like, and there's still that sentiment running through everything. But I feel like where I'm at now, like reaching like a new level of maturity I actually would like my art to speak to people on a deeper level and to have kind of a more uh, a more fleshed out yeah like um, (laughs) excuse the pun yeah um meaning to it are you gonna do a men's version yes and did you get any dick pics when you asked for the nudes (laughs) you did didn't you there was bound to be one yeah. Was there more than one? Yeah. My dad was with me in Bali as well. And it came because we put the work number on the the contact. Yeah. I went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Dad was like, what? What's happened? What's happened? I was like, nothing, Dad. And he was like, what's happened? And I was like, sorry, yeah, I've just sent a dick pic. And he was like, oh God, you girls don't want to hear about it. <laughs> oh dear. What's been the toughest phase in your journey as a, as a businesswoman and an artist? I think they're two um, separate questions, so... Yeah. As a businesswoman, I don't want to be down on now, but it's I'm actually finding it quite difficult now. I just, Why? I feel like I never had anything to lose, whereas now 
I, I want to, I actually want to shake this off because I don't, I think this is the reason that I've been successful so far because I've not, I've just gone into things, organs blazing. But I feel like right now, because of the size of my team and because of um, the transition from abstracts to nudes, I've naturally seen a drop off in demand because it's something new. So right now I'm feeling the pressure a bit to keep up Keep, keep up, up the, the cash. Yeah. Yeah, I am a bit, actually. That's really honest of you to say. Give me five tips for a new business person who is wanting to not emulate you, but perhaps use social media to promote their business that's independent, has got a small team that they're trying to expand or hopes to have a small team. Five top tips. Okay, your first one is to just press go. Like, there are so many people that come up to me and say, oh, I want to have what you want to... I want to do what you do one day just when my financials are better or just like when things settle down with the house or like when this goes through. There's never going to be a perfect time in your life to press to do something mm. because those those that perfect scenario does not exist. Mm. So it would be to press go sooner rather than later. And also the thing that you want and it's true for me, the thing that you believe that your business is going to be, i.e. for me it was the art application the phone app. Mm. is not what it's going to end out it's being. Gonna, yeah. So take a step towards anything and then pivot because you're going to have to and it's going to change because you're going to realise that's not going to be a demand in that area or, you know, if that doesn't sell or whatever. That's a really good advice. People get um, really attached to one thing to their idea and yeah. they make it really personal and emotional and therefore they take away their ability yeah. to pivot and change direction therefore potentially losing out on a really successful business if they've just been a bit more flexible with their vision completely completely that's agree. great advice number three for me i would set up a uh, a limited company um especially if you plan to employ people in the future like a lot of people will go in and just be a self-employed person and do their taxes and stuff that way but I know for a fact that if you start off being self-employed and then it grows very quickly which is obviously what you want and then you have to change that to a, a private limited company it's a hassle it's a cost right um and it's not that much of a difference tax-wise for you to just be a, a a limited company to start with cool number four I think on social media I would say don't um, don't be afraid to post the progress pictures, whether that's being an artist or whether that is any product, to be honest, um, because you'll just stop yourself from sharing if you think everything needs to be perfect, because people actually, what you don't, what you don't understand when you start is that people are buying into the brand and the journey and the messaging, not necessarily the final product. Mm. Like they're buying, especially as an artist, they're buying into you as a person. So if you share as much of the process... And don't be worried about it not being a perfect end picture. Mm. My fifth piece of advice. Okay, this is a very personal piece of advice that has worked for me, but I cannot say, and I've heard terror stories of it not working for other people, but I have employed a team of friends and family. And the reason that has been important for my business is deeply personal, and it's because... I'm a head case and I need mental support if I'm quite honest with you and because I'm so open and because I have such an intimate relationship with my followers and because it's literally blood sweat and tears that goes into it I need a team of people behind me that I'm not afraid to completely be myself with 
So what do you think is the key to your success then, Miss Sophie T. Art? I would say that it is persistence, um, like absolute relentless pursuit of your dream. Like just like keeping on going, no matter how many no's you get, no matter how many people give you crap online or yeah, just keep, keep pushing. Yeah. There are some absolutely crap bits and I think that's, that's what I have tried to um, put across on Instagram because I do want people to see that there's so much like grind that goes into it mm. and um, it's not always positive. It's mm. definitely not, but it's just having like tunnel vision. I think that's a really good place to, to end it actually, with tunnel vision, because that's definitely what you've had. and your vision is being created every single day on social media for us all to see Uh, my final question would be what caption would you want to leave with the world Um, because obviously it's called influence me and you were an influencer so captions are your thing what caption would you want to leave with the world and don't forget some hashtags please okay one day or day one hashtag just fucking do it hey yeah why not (laughs) um Hashtag follow your dreams. Hashtag never going to be the right time. Hashtag just do it. That's so great. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Sophie T Art. And the T is like a cup of tea. So it's T-E-A. That's the northern in you. Northern girl. (laughs) I really need a collab for the tea brand, don't I? (laughs) You really do. Oh, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I couldn't believe it when Sophie said yes to joining me today on Influence Me, especially when she's like literally never in the UK anymore. (laughs) I genuinely approached her as such a fangirl. I have the craziest amount of admiration for art itself, but also so much respect for her growth and as an artist and a businesswoman. I love making this podcast because every single conversation that I have and have had has been blessed enough to be shared with you and hopefully it's adding value, inspiring you and I think regardless of if you've listened in today and learned more about art or been inspired to follow your passions like Sophie has, either way, I'm certain this conversation has had a positive impact in some way, shape or form on your life. So if this episode has helped you in any way or you've enjoyed listening, please do subscribe to Influence Me, rate the podcast, wherever it is that you listen, so that we can reach more people, share more wisdom um, that we are discovering with every single episode. Also, don't forget to share this with anyone in your life that you feel personally might be on a journey that they would benefit from hearing what Sophie's had to say and what we've talked about today. If you do share it on social media, I will be sure to give you a read post and hopefully Sophie will do as well so just give me a follow at Shaney underscore Ryan thank you so much for listening guys and I will catch you in two weeks with our next episode I just wanted to say a mega thank you to our sponsors today Kindred share what you love Influence Me was written and presented by me Shaney Ryan and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Jaylee Music. And if you like today's show, be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest.